What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the Breaktime Breakdown. Uh, I was recently given the opportunity to co-host a social media live stream for the Labor Radio Podcast Network with Tanya Hutchins of Activate Live. And I, I invited Smart Local 33 Director of Organizing Eli Backus to join us and talk about what it's like to organize and be an organizer during a pandemic. And so what follows is that segment. Enjoy. You better listen, my brother, because if you do, you can hear their voices still calling from across the years. And they're crying across the ocean, they're crying across the land, and they will until we all come to understand. None of us are free, none of us are free. Welcome to the Labor Radio Podcast Network live stream, which happens every Wednesday night. I'm Tanya Hutchins with the Machinist Union's Activate Live webcast, and my co-host today is Jeremy Waugh. Thanks, Tanya. My name is Jeremy Waugh. I'm the host of the Break Time Breakdown podcast affiliated with Smart Local 110 out of Louisville, Kentucky. And our next guest is Eli Backus. He's the director of organizing for Smart Local 33 out of Ohio. Uh, I would tell him right where you're at, Eli, but I don't want to give away your undisclosed location. Uh, How you doing, brother? Good. I'm doing well. How about yourself? (laughs) Hey, good. Oi, oi, oi. Hey, thanks a lot for inviting me to talk. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Um, yeah. Thanks for joining us, man. So when we were were putting this together, uh, and I was, was, you know, a quick scan in, the, in my brain of people that I knew that I, I wanted to get on here. And I thought, man, so when I first got into organizing, you, one of the first uh, people that I, I got to train under really was you and your staff. All right. um, my, my local uh, allowed me the opportunity to come up and your local brought me in as a guest. I got to spend some time with, with you and your organizers and you all do, you focus on top down campaigns. And right. so it was a really cool, you know, learning experience for someone it's like super green I got to come up, spend some time with you all. And when this came about, I was like, man, I, I'm real I'm really curious how you guys have been maneuvering during the this pandemic because it's it, I mean, I'm not I'm just it's a broken record here beating a dead horse about, you know, it's been a crazy year for everybody. Sure. Um, but I just wanted to to kind of get your take on uh, how you guys have have altered your strategy. Sure. So I think, you know, one of the the initial challenge that everybody faced in organizing is how do you take this face-to-face job and move it online? Because, you know, the unions are there to protect workers, including staff. And so to expect uh, staff to go interact with people face-to-face, you know, to me, when I was looking, I was like, that, that's inherently dangerous. You know, you can't go to a worker that you're meeting with and talking to and say, 
hey buddy, you mind putting your nose, you covering your nose with your mask, you know, or you know, a contractor, or, or you know, and that and and that in itself, just the wearing of masks now is such a contentious issue and is so politically divided that, you know, when when we were looking at this in March when this all went down, it was like, what are we going to do? We still have an obligation to do our best job to organize for the members. And how do we do that under these new constraints? Um, and so, you know, luckily for us, um, as Jeremy said, we're, we're a top-down, we, we specialize in top-down organizing. And, you know, for listeners that don't know that, what that is, um, we're in the construction industry, we're allowed to go to a contractor and get them to sign our collective bargaining agreement. We do not have to have the workers support to get a contract. And so that we can do it that way, just like every other union out there that's non-construction, but we're not required to. And so we also do um, pressure campaigns, but our primary focus is on top-down um, and it's just get an ADA pre-hire agreement. And so um, in years past, what we had done as a staff is we would go around, drive around our jurisdiction, which covers Northern Ohio and West Virginia. Um, so it's a big area and try to talk to contractors that are within our trade uh, jurisdiction and try to get them to understand the benefits that a unionized workforce brings to them economically. Um, and I know that there's criticisms out there of uh, that approach because they think it doesn't empower the workers, but I think they're really two separate issues. Um, so in my mind, uh, showing a contractor how they can increase their revenue and strengthen their markets is, is one side of the equation. The other side of the equation is once we get enough market share in those areas, we can really uh, demand higher wages because we control the market. So it's it's two sides in my in my opinion the same coin. So um, in years past we'd drive around, knock on doors. There would usually be two people, two staff members in a vehicle. So um, going in, talking to the receptionist, trying to get a meeting with the owner. Um, so that to me raises three red flags right there. You don't want to be in the same vehicle as somebody that's not your family, right? <laughs> um, you certainly can't do that now with you. I mean, rolling down the windows, driving down the highways <laughs> is not fun in the wintertime. Um, and then you're going in, you're talking to the receptionist, if you can get in, if they're even allowing people in the building and then meeting with the owner too. What are you, you're gonna sit down for hours potentially to, to explain to them these benefits. Um, in their office where, I mean, if they don't want to wear a mask, what are we going to say? <laughs> right. So, so all the variables, uh, like you said, and, and not only the, not only the, the mask part, but the, the social distancing. So there's, there's a, a, an air of, um, it's not personable. You know what I mean? So right. you're trying to make a, a connection, like a human connection, but you, you got to maintain these distances. You got to have coverings yeah. on. Um, like you said, if you can even get in there, Right. Yeah. They go to shake your hand, you pull back. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, you mentioned uh, a minute ago about an ADEF contract. Yeah. Right. If, if people aren't aware of what that is, what, what exactly is an ADEF contract? So, um, Section 8F of the National Labor Relations Act allows uh, unions in the construction industry to get a pre-hire agreement, which means before anybody works at the company, 
the, the company can be union. And that is compared to a 9A agreement where you have to get the workers to go through an election or some type of process where they are certified as, or the union is certified as, as the workers. Um, Bargaining yeah. Work, workers' yeah. choice, really. Right and, on. Right on. And ADEF says basically you don't have to have the workers' choice. Yeah. Uh, Tanya, I, I, I apologize, uh, Eli. I'm joined by co host Tanya Hutchins. Uh, you, you hopped in towards the end of the, the first half there, right. uh, where she was kind of taking the lead. And then, you know, I, being, a, being an old caveman over here, I, I just jumped into my part and just wanted to hear myself talk. But uh, I, wanted to get, I wanted to open up and see if Tanya had uh, any, anything to add here. You know, what are you hearing from people? Um, because I know in different areas of the country, there are people who are really compliant with mask wearing and it's not a problem. And then, you know, what advice do you have for people who may run into issues when they're trying to get out there and organize? Um, what do you what do you say to them to, to get them to not give up on, on the organizing effort? Right. So, I mean, you can make a lot of phone calls. And you can make connections that way. Um, and, and I think that's probably the best, safest way to do it now. And, and it really helps out because a lot more owners are in the offices now. And some of them have, have been down staff, so they might be personally answering the phone. Um, so if you're going through that approach, um, it, it, it hasn't slowed us down any bit. Um, but, you know, one of the things I was going to say is what, we ended up going a slightly different direction um, with how we're making contacts with people. That seems to have worked out a little better for us. Um, but I know that um, owners are personally answering phones now. They have more time sometimes um, to talk, especially back in you know March, April, um, May. They had nothing to do. <laughs> you know, they were even, oh, you want to talk to the I'm yeah, sure I'll talk to you, no problem. <laughs> even outside of work, like you can't right. like you could go anywhere or do anything. So yeah, right. people are, yeah. are looking for something to break the the right. closed monotony. Yeah, sure. Right. I, you you and I had a, a conversation uh, I don't remember if it was today or yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Uh in uh, to touch on something that again that you had you had recently said, you all do pressure campaigns. And you had right. a real interesting uh, um, view, uh, you don't, you're not doing them right now, right now. You, you, you kind of shut them down. And right. I, I was like, uh, man, I, I didn't consider this when you said it until you said it. Right. So, I mean, a lot of times, you know, when we're doing pressure campaigns, we're looking at trying to connect with the community on an issue and get the community to put pressure on our target for us. Because the, you know, a lot of times uh, we have so few people involved in these things that the pressure that we can put on personally and with the laws that have changed, it's, it's, it's a real challenge. So when I look at how am I going to get the community involved in this campaign? And then I think about the 30 million people that are out of work, right? <laughs> like, is the fair pay message really going to sell these people? You know? Yeah. It's hard um, to rally troops behind something <laughs> When they're like, you're like, well, these guys are working at least, and you're out here trying right. to shut them down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and then, you know, 285,000 people have died. What I mean, like in those sort of dynamics in that context that we're in, I, it, it's really hard for me to go out there and try to pressure somebody to like pulling a group together. 
to, right. <laughs> to stand outside. Yeah, right. Then we're and, like, you know, let's get, you know, 20 members out here. <laughs> yeah, and try and get the community to see that they're the bad guys. Really, they're the bad guys, I promise right. you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so we just haven't, we're, we're not doing them. Um, I mean, a lot of times in the past, we've done social media, um, you know, sort of like handbills on social media because it's, I mean, when you walk down the street, I mean, everybody's, you know, looking yeah. at these things and, you know, taking your handbill if, or, or, you know, if you're out there picketing or bannering, you might get a honk, but, you know, everybody's looking at Facebook all the time. Yeah. So, Man, I was just telling someone the other day, like, we, we still use mail and I'm sure you guys do too. We use the regular mail system, but I mean, you got members throwing benefit cards away because they, right. <laughs> they're just, they just see an envelope and they just throw it in the trash. Yeah. And next thing you know, they didn't, I need my, my, you know, my, my health card or my prescription card and, oh yeah, I must've thrown it away. Right. People just aren't looking at that stuff anymore. So you gotta, you gotta hit them with what's available to you. Right. Yeah. yeah so with pressure campaigns, we're, we're just not, we're not doing them right now. We just, we haven't, I mean, I'm not saying it's totally off, out of the, off limits. It's just, I come across somebody that's compelling enough and we got the right issue that I think yeah. would really cut through you know, the, the reality of a pandemic in America. Yeah. So, right. um, so yeah. So and you guys, uh, I know you guys had to cut down on your staff and, and. Yeah. So when we looked at it, you know, that was, that was, that's probably been the, the biggest single change is that we had a staff of five and we had been as high as nine, um, not in the last, you know, few years, but, um, you know, looking at, just the actual workload that we had available to us, you know, I had to make the decision to, to lay off staff because I just couldn't justify spending the members money on, you know, what was essentially three people's work with five people, you know, and I, and I know that we are trying to protect people um, and it's our job to protect, you know, workers jobs, but, you know, we also had to look at it as it's, it's a financial, expensive it's just not right for to expect the members to pay current time so yeah. that was a hard decision to make but i still think it was the right decision yeah tanya I, i'm not trying to hog all the airtime here <laughs> totally okay just listening to eli made me think like how are you doing going through the fact that you had to lay people off and the fact that you're going through a pandemic too like how are you doing um, I mean, my wife says that like, I'm a shut in now, <laughs> um, you know, but I mean, I, my motto is sort of WWFD, what would Fauci do? So, right. You know. Yeah. Good. Uh, that's a good, uh, uh, that's a good lighthouse to right. let lead you for sure. For sure. Right. Compared to what's uh, out there, man. I mean, it's, I can't wait to get back to normal. Right. Um, I can't wait to be able to go out and talk to, you know, workers and contractors again, face to face. Um, and, you know, now it's my two kids are at home and, and my wife works from home and I work from home. So that's, that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of people working from home, but, you know, to me, it's just like, you know, um, when I think about it, I'm just so blessed to still be working that, you know, and thankful that I have the position I have that I try just to keep that in all in perspective is that, you know, it could be so much worse and my heart goes out to the people that are, are laid off. And, um, you know, one of the guys that I laid off, he's the super nicest guy in the world. And he said, man, that must've been a really hard decision for you. 
<laughs> right? That was, and I was like, Tony, you're the guy getting laid off. You yeah, know, I like, felt bad for you. Yeah. Right. Like, I feel terrible. Yeah. I got to spend time. He was one of the fellas I got to spend time with when I came up. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I knew exactly who you were. <laughs> you didn't have to say a name. I knew who you were talking about. Yeah. I mean, he's the nicest guy ever. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Eli, uh, are you are you involved with like the other trades in your area, like uh, organizers with with the the other trades, or do you just kind of like zero in on sheet metal? Do you do you, do you have a feeling of like what other uh, associations are doing when it comes to organizing right now? Um, so, yes, I'm just zeroed in on sheet metal, um, but you know, from some of the other organizers I know, they they don't seem to have really changed what they do, which to me is, is crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I, agree. <laughs> <But> yeah, I agree. <laughs> they're still going out and talking to, to workers and, you know, putting up pickets and, you know, doing all the stuff that, you know, um, and that, and that's part of why, that's part of why I don't, and sheet metal 33 doesn't do a lot of stuff with the other trades is because we just don't see eye to eye. Yeah. on what the goal for organizing is and, and and what the approach to use for it you know yeah i was at a meeting right before the pandemic hit and for the toledo building trades area they wanted to you know get us all together and and you know start acting more as a as a group and i said great what's the goal gonna be yeah <laughs> you know it was like <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know, but let's let's move past having a goal and let's just get to what we're going to do. And I was like, no, I mean, if we have a goal and it's clearly defined and, you know, we all agree to it, I'm, I'm fine with that. Or maybe 50 percent of us agree with it, you know. But and so that's that's just one of the reasons that I don't that we don't, you know, operate in tandem a lot with it. And then there's other things like, you know, trade jurisdiction, you know, our closest our closest ally is the pipe fitters mm -hmm. and we have so much, you know, conflict with how that scope of work actually plays out that it, it, it makes it difficult. And <clears throat> um, sometimes that's not on our end. Sometimes it's on their end and sometimes it's on our end. So, yeah, you know, it's just a little more, it's challenging, you know, you know what it's like. I mean, I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, funny enough, I was actually, uh, I met up with the business manager of the fitters in my area to help. They want to get involved in the, in this network and doing podcasts to help, uh, just a new new avenue to get a message out to their members right and uh so they recruited or enlisted my help so <laughs> i'm i'm working with the with the other side to help them get uh get rolling <laughs> right well one of the things that i'm wondering is you know with the so many changes going on with the pandemic it's a good time to remind everybody that no matter what our position is at work or if we work at a union, we're all organizers. So can you right. talk a little bit about the, that interaction that takes place that ends up being organizing? Yeah, I mean, organizing is such a like broad term, right? I mean, you don't, it's, that was one of the challenges when I first started doing this is what does an organizer do, <laughs> right? I, and, I've got, just to jump in real quick, Eli, that the ongoing joke in my local is the organizer's office and the organizer position is like the junk drawer in your house. It's where <laughs> everything kind of 
If you don't know right. what to do with it, give it to the organizer and let him figure out, he'll figure something out with it. Right. Um, and so uh, when I when I was first uh, brought on with the local, uh, the business manager had asked me to figure out why the, the organizing department wasn't being more successful. And basically one of the things I discovered is that the organizer had so many jobs that he couldn't focus on organizing. <laughs> Um, cause he organizer, we, I, I wish we had more women organizer, Tanya, to be honest with you. I, you know, I've tried to hire them and it just hasn't worked out yet, but I'm determined that it's going to work out at some point. But so if We're I say, he, way. <laughs> if I say he, it's just because that's what we have. So, you know, he helps out with the parties. He helps out with, you know, the Coke committee helps out with the rec committee, you know, he does political events. He, you know, just basically whatever uh, the business agent can't get to that at one point fell on the organizer uh, here in local 33. And then, but according to the, the smart constitution, the, the organizer's job and only job is to organize the unorganized. And so um, we use that now to be our exclusive job. So we are 24-7 talking to contractors, or I shouldn't say 24-7, but talking to contractors. Sometimes it works that way, though. Yeah, sometimes it does, but a lot, you know, it's not always like that, and I don't want to oversell it. Um, Sure, sure. It, you know, we're talking to contractors and talking to workers. You know, a lot, we do, we talk to workers a lot now through, you know, we, we, we're on social media, uh, trying to recruit on Indeed, trying to recruit, and the challenge is, you know, trying to find the right people for the right job without being able to, you know, really assess their skills um, to put them to work with the right company and to keep track of them. Yeah. And keep in contact with them after we do it. Because, you know, just because we meet someone today and we can't help them become union today doesn't mean it won't work out in two years or two months. But if we never talk to them again, it does. <laughs> I, you know, I had a guy... Uh, and I've had some sec- some successes with that and some some blatant failures, but I I had one in particular fella that he was one of the first uh, uh, non-union sheet metal workers that I had come in contact with when I started organizing, and I, for whatever reason it was just we had a natural connection. Mm-hmm. I, it took me two years to get him in, right. but in those two years he helped me organize all the lead men from that company he was working for. And, okay. we, and we all, and we essentially ran that company out of town because I got all their best guys and he was right. the last one to, to come over and it took two years. But in that right. two years, he kept getting me like the best of the best guys. And yeah, so, yet, yeah. But then there's other guys that, you know, it's, you lose track of because like you said, it's real easy. It's real easy to, to, you know, get swallowed underwater real quick. And then you come right. back up for air and you forgot. You know, right. Yeah. So that was, that's, that's one of the things that we've done during this time is we've built a database of workers and set up a system so that we can make sure that we're staying in contact with them every, you know, so often. Um, and, you know, making sure that we note that down so that I'm a, I'm a big believer in any information that I get or any other organizer get belongs to the local. And we need to make sure that we preserve that information for the local's benefit. Um, so developing that system has really helped us uh, put put more uh, workers to work because we've been able to stay in contact with them better. 
we're we're starting to come to the end of our time here, Eli. I want to give my my co-host Tanya uh, opportunity if she's got anything else uh, she wanted to, to just, add here. Yeah, just really quickly, like, what are your hopes, um, Eli, for this next administration in January, being able to help Ohio get back to work? Like, are there any big projects there? On your uh, that's gonna. I. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. Since we only exclusively focus on the non-union mm -hmm. project side of things, for us is on the agents, and it's just not something that I focus on too much. I know there are a couple big projects coming up. I mean, like that cracker plant that was supposed to go into the Wheeling area that kind of fell through in the pandemic. I mean, that would be huge. That was supposed to be, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of man hours for our our craft. Um, so if, if that could get back on track, because I know one of the investors pulled out of that. Um, there was another one in, in our West Virginia area, another cracker plant that was possibly going to go in our Parkersburg district, another huge project that could really help out with, with it. I mean, it would all honestly be scary for us in a way because it's so big. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's, and it's obviously it's not one of your denser populated areas. So that's right. always the way it works, right? You get these huge jobs with a, a million man hours in the middle right. of nowhere yeah right. yeah. yeah yeah they're always Hopefully the fun ones hire more organizers then <laughs> right no yeah we're 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 waiting for it i'm putting the budget together for next year already and i'm already putting that person in in june when the you know everybody's supposed to be vaccinated so we can start getting back to it so back at it any uh you got any advice for uh any other organizers outside of 33 um during these these uh times of this uh, dealing with this pandemic i'd say stay safe and there's always a way to figure out how to do this job don't like let yourself like don't be confined by your own instincts like you got to get out of your comfort zone sometimes and and realize that picking up that phone sometimes to the owner and maybe getting a no 50 times it'll be okay man sometimes it's just it's just joining a live stream right <laughs> you know <laughs> Do something weird or out of, right. out of the ordinary for sure. Right. You better listen, my brother, because if you do, you can hear their voices still calling from across the years. And they're crying across the ocean, they're crying across the land, and they will until we all come to understand. None of us are free, none of us are free.